All righty. Well, we've been for some time studying the kingdom of God. And uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we see the relationship of the kingdom and God's will to heaven. So we, so we have that relationship in our minds. And just to move on that relationship a little bit, the Lord said in his word, heaven is my throne. So the domain of heaven, God said, is his throne, which, which, is, which is interesting to consider. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, and, and you all can tell me. I, I'll, I'll go through this again in, in a little more detail. Sometimes I run off and can be real fast in something. But the Lord, I felt like, really opened my heart to how this pertained to Israel and, and how it pertains to us in the New Covenant. And, and how it pertained to Israel was the throne was in the Holy of Holies, the seat of mercy, or the mercy seat. And the word of government was the law of Moses. That was the word God governed Israel by, was that law. Now, the throne that we have to deal with in Christ is in the spirit. And the word of government that he's dealing with is, is Christ himself. So the, the old covenant spoke of what God was going to do in Christ. It's, it's always in the old covenant a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to, to really get a hold of it, if we understand the old covenant, if we, if we really do search the scriptures in the testimony, in the old covenant, we'll get a picture of Christ everywhere we turn. And, and that's what Jesus said, search the scriptures in them you think you have life, but these testify of me. So, so through the years, the Lord has really ministered in my heart out of the old covenant. You, you know, uh, certain books, maybe I've read certain books more than others, uh, Isaiah, uh, Genesis, Exodus. I, I probably spent more time in those three books in particular, maybe than other books, but I've spent a lot of time in the, in the Old Covenant books, and in particular in looking at the truth that's in Christ. Because if you really hear the early apostles, if you really hear the Word of God, when the early apostles begin to declare Christ, the New Covenant Scriptures had not been written. So, so we had in the Old Covenant a God bringing a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what he was doing. You, you know, Hebrews chapter 1, if we look at Hebrews chapter 1 real quick here. I always love how the Lord begins to deal in my heart because I, I didn't have Hebrews chapter 1 in my notes. And I, and I kid around sometimes say, well, you're getting a double portion now because it wasn't planned. But 
Hebrews 1 is just a beautiful, beautiful scripture. God having of old time spoken unto the fathers in the prophet in the prophets by divers portions and in divers manners, different manners. So God spoke in the prophets by different methods, we could say. That was God speaking. When he rolled back the Red Sea, he was speaking. When he when the blood was put on the doorpost, it was him speaking. When he fed on manna from heaven, he was speaking. So so not only when he spoke with a voice was he speaking, but the very actions that went on with the deliverance of Israel was God speaking. So God spoke in time past. And, and, that's, and that's what we, you, you know, and right here is the separation of the times, even. The separation of the days. Time past, God speaking by the prophets, but now at the end of those days, he has spoken to us in son. So all of his speaking, even at the end of the old covenant days, was summed up in the, in the son. Jesus himself came under the law. So Jesus himself came as the conclusion of everything that had been said in the Law and Prophets. And that's why with, with some of the things Brother uh, Register and Brother Mark Varner brought out the last few weeks, that's why people don't understand them because they don't realize that they're conclusions of the law, that the Law and the Prophets are being concluded in Christ, that that, that conclusion had to come up on the earth because God always concludes his word and his work and the conclusion of everything he was saying there in the old covenant come to the person of Jesus Christ and Jesus himself. And I love how Brother Dale said it, when the time was full, when it could be filled up no more, Jesus came on the scene because the fullness of that time had come. Its fullness, its completion was, was at hand. And the completion of that time was the Lord Jesus Christ and his three-day journey and his death, burial, and resurrection. He completed that time, and he brought forth the new day in which we dwell in, and the new heaven and the new earth which we dwell in, the new temple of God, the new throne of God the dominion of God, and every, and every part of that dominion is in the person of Jesus Christ. So that's where that dominion is at, is in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where the dominion of God's at. So if, so if I'm going to be affected by the throne of God, I'm going to be affected by the government of God, I've got to know the word of God. I've got to. And the Word of God isn't just the written book, it's the revealed Christ, who is the living Word of God that the written book speaks of. See, they go hand in hand. We, we can't ever do away with the written book because the written book is a declaration from God, of God, by God, through men, of the living Word of God. So, so the written book is of God, by God, through God, by men of the living word. 
but the living word of God is revealed by the spirit of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So the living word has to be revealed. And for me to, to grow in Christ, Christ has to be revealed in me. That's just the way God works. So as he's revealed in me, there's growth. So growth has nothing really to do with, with natural time. It has to do with the person of, of Christ being revealed. So somebody could be 25 years old and God just filling them full of the revelation of Jesus Christ, or they could be 80 years old and being filled with the revelation of Jesus Christ, or they could be 80 years old and, and, and not have grown much since their conversion. And a lot of times that's what we deal with is we go out in the earth and we deal with other Christians and we want to find this great fellowship of the Son and other Christians and we don't find it. Because this word has to be formed. It has to be worked. It has to be built. And it's built through the revelation of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So at the end of that time, God spoke unto us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all, of all things. Now that kind of sums up everything, doesn't it? He appointed him heir of all things. So everything God had spoken, he appointed to his son. And then he goes down and says, through whom he also made the worlds. So through the word of God, because we, we, we come into the revealing of the Son and we realize he's the living word of God and we realize the word of God is how God made the worlds. He spoke it and it is. It came out of the word. God said, let there be light. And light came and light separated itself we could say from darkness god divided the light from the darkness because that light god inhabited that light and the presence of god always divides itself from darkness glory to god anyway as we're looking at the temple of god and the throne of God, looking at the throne of God, moving on into the kingdom of God's study, I had a few things come into my heart today. And uh, Matthew 20, 12 and 22, it says, Matthew 12, 22, Then was brought unto him, that is Jesus, one possessed with a demon, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the dumb man spake and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This man doth not cast out demons, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the demons. And knowing their thoughts, get a hold of that, Knowing their thoughts, he said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan casteth out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then shall his 
kingdom stand? And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? I always have to love how Jesus just throws it back out. If I'm doing this by Beelzebub, who are your sons doing it from? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I, by the Spirit of God, cast out demons, then is the kingdom of God come upon you. Then it's here. That's what he's saying. Then the kingdom of God has come. Or how can you enter into to the house of the strong man, spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? So, so Jesus had to enter into his house. How he had to enter into his house is the word had to be made flesh. So he come into his house to bind him. To destroy his goods. And then he will spoil his house. He that is not he that is not with, with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth. Therefore I say unto you, every sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the spirit shall not be forgiven. Now, now in Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 11, I, I won't read the whole thing, but it's also recorded in Luke chapter 11. And here it says that if he casts out, in Matthew, casts out the devil by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God's come. Now in Luke, he says, but if I with the finger of God, and, and this just kind of jumped up in my spirit, the finger of God today, in my heart and mind, and he says the same thing, cast out devils. No doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. And what come in my heart, when Jesus encountered the woman and committed, he caught in adultery, he took his finger, the finger of God, and rode in the ground. So the finger of God had to touch the ground. So he took his finger and rode up on the earth, I believe speaking of writing in the fleshly tables of the heart, that, that how he was go, going to deal with man was far beyond the kingdoms of the world. And, and I, I, I need to search this out, but there's a number of times the finger of God is present in the Bible and, in of course, the Ten Commandments. God wrote the law by the finger of God. The finger of God come, you know, the Egyptian magicians spoke of the finger of God. The finger of God come to uh, uh, one of the kings before the uh, Persian and Mede, the Mede Persian Empire came upon them. So the finger of God is God. You, you know, which which here, if you just look at Luke and Mark, it's speaking of the spirit. There's one place Jesus calls it the spirit. The other place he calls it the finger. So the finger of God comes into a thing and it changes the situation. We could just leave it at that, in that simple form. But in John 18, Jesus, uh, Pilate says to Jesus, verse 35, and this is the Berean study Bible. He says here, am I a Jew, Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? 
Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. And that, and that we're, we're going to, we know this. His kingdom's not earthly. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my rest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from, of this realm. And then Pilate said to him, then you are a king, Pilate said. You say that I am a king, Jesus answered. For this reason I was born and have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Glory to God. So I, so I wrote myself a note here. Jesus was coming to influence far greater than the natural kingdom. The story above relating to the demon possessed is that the power and might of the kingdom of God was going to invade the very being of man and cast out every foul bird. That is the power of the transforming word of God we have to do with. This word of life that we have to do with can take a heart that is overwhelmed with the strongest tempest and bring it into the rest of God. So, we, so we're dealing with a word that came forth in the earth the living word, that this word who is Christ can come into any situation, anyone, and radically change it. He can immediately change it. He can change it uh, systematically over a period of time. And, 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 and in, in what we talk about full salvation or full awareness of our salvation may be a better way of saying full salvation because we have Christ, we have full salvation. But we don't have full awareness of our salvation. And, and as the full awareness of our salvation is developed, that's over time. You know, what we call time, you know, and God, is, it's eternal it's just his eternal work and purpose, but in what we, how we relate, we relate to things in time, and God works his word, through, like I said earlier, through the revealing of Christ, but here, here he comes into the earth, and the earth is, is, is a mess. It's filled with every foul bird, and he comes into the midst of the man filled with the devil, and he can just cast the devil out. The devil is gone. And he does it by the Spirit of God. And, 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 and so, so here he is by Pilate getting ready to be crucified. And, and he tells Pilate, well, my kingdom's not this world. I'm going to deal with the, what, what I, I, I see here, Jesus is, is, you know, is saying, I'm going to deal with the heart of the matter, the heart of man. My kingdom deals with the heart of the matter, which is the heart of man. Glory to God. And so in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, we speak wisdom, however, among them that are full grown, yet a wisdom not of this world. See here again, not of this world. The kingdom not of this world, a wisdom not of this world. Nor of the rulers, and here he brings in the rulers, nor of the rulers of the world who are coming to knock 
But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, even the wisdom that had been hidden, which God foreordained before the worlds. Before the worlds, he foreordained this unto our glory. So before the worlds were, if I understand this right, God foreordained, <coughs> which none of the rulers of this world had known. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they had understood what they were doing, the rulers of the world, the rulers of that day was, was really the Jews and the Romans. The, the priesthood is really who cried out for Jesus to be crucified. And as they had him crucified, they were overthrowing their own kingdom. Their rule was gone, man. Had they known what they were doing, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory because this is where he come in. You know, you know, he told us up here above, he said, unless, uh, how did he say it? Every, uh, let me find it here. That how can one enter into the house of a strong man and spoil his goods ex except he first bind the strong man? So he entered into their house. He became a man. He that was in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal of God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man. So as a man, he bound the strong man. He bound Satan and his kingdom took it to the cross, and crucified it. Now, I'm not telling you there's no Satan. I'm not, I'm not telling you even Satan is just your mind. I'm not telling you that. But I'm telling you Jesus destroyed Satan. In whatever God shows you Satan to be, the enemy of your soul, Jesus, when he went to the cross, he took the man that Satan had rule over, dominion over, and he took that man that was under the rule of Satan, and he crucified him. If we, if we just got a hold of this, you are not under the rule of Satan. No matter how you define Satan, you're not under his rule. Because Jesus crucified the old man, the man that was under the rule of Satan, he crucified. And he raised out from the dead victorious. And in the resurrection is your salvation. It, actually, in the death, burial, and the resurrection. Because the death is the place where this thing was done. Glory to God. He did it. And see, that back in 1 Corinthians 2, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but as it is written, things which I saw not and ear heard not and which entered not into the heart of man, whatsoever things God prepared for them that love him. But unto us, God revealed them through the Spirit. So, so those things that God had prepared is being revealed by the Spirit 
And Jesus told you in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. So he was going to the cross to prepare the place for us in the Father's house, which house you are. So, so he revealed them through the Spirit, and he says, Yea, the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For who among men knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man in him? Now, get a hold of this real close. Look at this real close. Even so, the things of God know, none knoweth, save the Spirit of God. So here you have the Spirit of man, and the Spirit of man knows the things of man. And the Spirit of God knows the things of God. But the Spirit of man doesn't know the things of God because the Spirit of God isn't in him. But we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things freely given to us of God. Now, now early on, I, that scripture in Hebrews came to me that God made Christ heir of all things. And then in Romans, he says, we're joint heirs with him. So the all things in Christ, we're joint heirs too. So, so the spirit that we have received is showing us the things that we've been freely given of God which things we speak. That's what we're doing. We're, we're declaring those things that God has given us, this great salvation in Christ Jesus. That's what we're speaking. And we're not teaching it in man's wisdom, but we're teaching it by the Spirit of God. As the Spirit of God reveals it, we're teaching it. And he goes on here and writes, combining spiritual things with spiritual words. Now the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto them, unto him, and he cannot know them. So, so because they're spiritually judged, they're spiritually known. So he lays the natural man that being a mere man doesn't open the door for you to know the things of God. That's why that's why a natural man can't know him because he doesn't have God's spirit in him. And if God's spirit isn't in him, man can't know it because it's revealed and made known by the spirit of God. It's, it's, it's really that simple. Now, it's hard for man to realize because man, natural man, thinks he's spiritual. Even in his natural being, he'll come up with something of how he's spiritual. He'll imagine things in his own mind of what spirituality is. And that's why we have all these religions around the world because man has imagined what God is like and what it's to be to be like godly when the truth is in Christ, like Paul said. So to be godly is to be Christ-like. To be Christ-like is to have his mind, character, and nature revealed in you. So his kingdom affects our minds. I think I said this last week. So, so when the kingdom of God begins to affect us, it's going to affect the way we think. It's going to affect the way we understand things. Because we're going to come to a place where we understand the things of God. And that's what Paul's talking about here. If, if they had known, see, if they had known what, 
what if they'd known what they were doing, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory because once they crucified the Lord of glory, all those that come to Jesus were no longer under the captivity of these men. Get a hold of this. When you come to Jesus, when Jesus really makes himself alive and real in you, you ain't captive to men. You ain't even captive to the words of men anymore. Because he takes captivity captive. And he gave gifts unto men. So he took your captivity captive at the cross and crucified it. And gave you the spirit that you know the things of God. Those things you couldn't know, he gave you the spirit that now you can know. So he took your captivity captive in the body of his flesh and put it to death. So now men, if we follow Christ, men can't bring us into captivity. Men may kill the natural body. And men have killed natural bodies but they can't touch your soul and your mind and bring you into captivity if we are being taught of God. So we come into a place of rest. We come into a place of understanding. We come into a place of the kingdom. See, because the kingdom of God's ruling in our hearts and our minds. So, so, so the words of man can't rule here. Glory to God. Sometimes we don't, we don't understand how powerful words are. You, you know, words have created movements, you know, horrible movements. But what we're in, we're in the greatest word movement of the world, the greatest there's ever been, the word that couldn't return void. We are in that movement, and we are declaring that word that didn't return void unto God, but fulfilled everything God sent it to do. That's what we're declaring. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. One or two more scriptures. Isaiah 55. I, I have a bunch more, but I won't read them all. We'll read Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. And he that have no money, come ye buy and eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear the word of God. Let your soul Get fat on the word of God. And your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander to the peoples. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knewest not, and a nation that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of Jehovah thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye Jehovah while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Now here come, here come these thoughts. His thoughts. And let him return unto Jehovah and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
See, see, this is what the, the Spirit's doing, teaching us the deep things of God, the thoughts of God. The deep things of us is our thoughts. Do you realize that? My thoughts are my deep things. My, my personal thoughts is what Brother Mark or Brother Jimmy Lewis don't know unless God shows them. They're my thoughts. They're, my, they're the deep things. And see, see, God's deep things is his thoughts, his mind, his purpose, his will. And, and this is what Corinthians said he's going to do is teach us the deep things. He's going to teach us the things of God. So he's showing us the very thought of God, the very intention, the very mind and will and purpose of God for creation. Why don't we go in places sometimes and tell people, man, I understand the intention of creation. Why don't we sit down and talk about it? God has given me his mind. Now people would look at you like you're crazy. But that's what he's doing in the word of God. And see, when that's built in you, the kingdoms of this world can't remove it either. They come tell you some, this, that, and the other. But when this thing gets built in you, the kingdoms of the world cannot come against what God is building in you. Can't do it. They have no power, had no force. So you come on down here. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith Jehovah. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we come to this, that the heavens higher than the earth, and God's thoughts are higher than man's ways. And Jesus says in Matthew, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn my thoughts. Learn my ways. And I love what this says on down here. I, I, I want to read all this, but I won't. But verse, verse 13, 12 and 13, it, it says in the middle of 12, it says, The mountains and the hills will break, break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. No more curse. What, what did that thorn, where did that thorn come from? Back in the, in the beginning, the curse and thorns and thistles would be brought forth. No more, no more thorns and thistles coming forth in this earth. What's going to come forth in this new creation, man, is the fruit of the Spirit of God, the fir tree. Speaking of the, of the evergreen tree, the tree that's producing fruit. Glory to God. So here we are in this ever-producing fruit of God because God has planted us in his son. And because we've been planted in his son, this word of God that Christ is, is going to grow up and form in us. And it's going to come out of us into the earth just like natural trees do, just like natural trees, just like a walnut tree, that walnut gets planted in the earth and eventually that tree begins to produce walnuts. God has planted this vine who is Christ Jesus the Lord. And in this vine, he has brought you and I and, and, and we, if we eat his flesh and drink his blood, if we incline our ear to his word, I'm telling you, 
we're not going to help it but to bear forth of his fruit because of the substance of God that is in us. Not because we're, we're great oracles of God. No, because the substance of God. Because the substance of God has declared it. His word would not return to him void. So he declared this. And he's, and he's got a throne, a rule, against anything that will come against his mind, against his thought. So when I've been plunged down into his thought, who is Jesus Christ the Lord, when I've been baptized into his death, burial, and resurrection, I'm plunged down into God's thought, into God's mind, into God's purpose. That's what I'm plunged into. So God's going to get his thought in the earth because he desired it. And what he desires comes about. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, one more scripture and I'll quit. Colossians 1, I was going to read in Daniel and so forth, Revelation, but I'll just read Colossians. We'll have to look at Daniel and Revelation next week, Lord willing. But Colossians 1, verse 13, says, Who delivered us out of the power of darkness? Who hath? He, he, like I said, he entered into the strong man's house. He became a man, came into his house, came into his dominion, never ate that tree of knowledge of good and evil, even though he became a man. Even though he was in the flesh, Satan came to him and said, I can find nothing in you. He that knew no sin became sin for you and I. So he took that man of sin, that man that Satan had dominion over, and crucified him. So he delivered us out of the power of darkness, the darkness of Satan, and he translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have a redemption. That's a big thing. Our redemption is in a person. The forgiveness of our sins. Who is the image of the invisible God? The Lord's really speaking this word image in me the firstborn of all creation. I know in the natural, when you have an image, you, you get a natural, I don't know, you, you get a stone carving. And at the end of that stone carving, you come up with an image, right? It could be an image of a tree. And you stick that image of a tree over somewhere and you look at it and you say, wow, I like the image of a tree. Well, Jesus Christ is God's image. And I believe that's why he said, make no image before me, or no image of me. Have no, have no images. Because he had one image of himself. And that one image is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that one image is being formed in you and I. To that image comes forth out of you and I. And that's what God's after, his one image. Glory to God. The express image of him. 
you know, you know, I, I know people teach different than I do in the beginning with Adam, but I don't see where God ever called him his express image. He said he made him in his image and his likeness. But if you study that out, and you can, you can, you can question what I'm getting ready to say. If you study that out, that word image there means a shade of phantom. To me, it was a figure in a type of him that was to come. And that's what Paul declares in Romans 5, that Adam was a figure of him that was to come. Well, the fig, Jesus ain't a figure. Jesus is the express image of God. He was God in expression in the earth. He was not as Adam. He wasn't a type and shadow. He wasn't a figure. He wasn't a shade and a phantom. He was the express image of God. And that was what God was desiring in man from the beginning is his express image. And, and I think back there in Genesis, there's a little key there. And the little key is the word kind. Because in that word kind is the seed, the genome, the gene of the thing. And the one thing God never said about that man he created of the earth, he never said he's in my kind, my gene. He made him, formed him. He was formed of God. I believe that 100%. God made him, formed him, made him a living soul, put him in the earth, breathed in him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. He had an, he had a mind and intellect. See, he was in the image of God, in, 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 a, in, in having a mind, having an intellect, even all the way down to ruling over the animals because God's image was to rule and reign. So God gave him dominion over the earth. But God didn't tell him he gave him dominion over the heavens, or at least I don't see where he did. But here come Jesus on the scene, and he, and he is God in expression. So when, when the enemy come to Jesus, like, like the enemy come to Eve, when the enemy come to Eve and tempted her, she failed. When the enemy come to Jesus and tempted him, he eventually comes to the place, well, Jesus, <laughs> this man... I can find nothing. The enemy comes to him, and he can find nothing in him because he's God's expression. And this is what God is bringing us into is his divine expression, which he foreordained before the world was to glory, to, to our glory, and this glory is in the person of Jesus Christ. And God has this through Christ, Jesus, his living word that he's declaring in us by his spirit. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed that, that to hear the voice of God, to sit in communion with the living God and, and, to, and to be moved upon by the spirit of God, I mean, I mean, that's just amazing when you really just consider it. One last thought, and I will be done. He destroyed him that hath the power of death. That is the devil. Robbed him. Your life is no longer in that old man. Your life ain't even in your in your mortal flesh. If my earthly house is dissolved, I have a building in the heavens. Have, not going to get. I am a member of the body of Christ right now. Just like Peter said, I'm going to put off my tent. 
But the building that Peter was in, he was already in the body of Christ. Already. Because we've been baptized by one spirit into one body. And we are in the glorious body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are in that body to give him expression in the earth. And thank God we're not in this body to express one another. We're in this body to express him. I've seen the expression of me and I don't like it. <laughs> but I've seen the expression of God to a measure and I love it. It's a whole different expression. And it's glorious. Anyway, I'll end right here and open it up. I, I could just go on and on, but I'm not going to. Uh, I want to open it up, so I'm going to stop.